Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. If you're a Shark Tank fan or business junkie, check out the podcast Another Bite. Each week, Another Bite breaks down the biggest success stories and most disastrous failures to come out of Shark Tank. The hosts break down each company's pitch, analyze the deals that were or weren't made, and answer the million-dollar question, are they still a company? Whether you're an entrepreneur looking for tips or a Shark Tank fan that just wants to relive the drama, Another Bite's your deep dive into the world of Shark Tank. Just search for Another Bite in your favorite podcast app, like the one you're listening to right now. I'm Sheila Shoiga, and welcome to Ready to Be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognize, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort, or simply entertain you. Historian and artist Shelley Mooney is back in the pod once again, this time to tell us all about Bealtaine. Bealtaine is halfway between the spring equinox and the summer solstice and all of these so Bealtaine is what we would call a cross-quarter festival and all of the four Celtic festivals so you've got Bealtaine, Imbolc, Samhain and Lunasa they all fall in between these four big celestial events the spring equinox, the summer solstice, the autumn equinox and the winter solstice. They are, we have megaliths and monuments going back to the Neolithic based around these sites you know they have been venerated and celebrated in Ireland going back 5,000 years, you know. Shelley lives in County Wexford with her husband Kev, their baby Ferdia and Lola their dog. And she runs the brilliant Instagram page Tales from the Wood, which explores the history and mythology of Ireland. And in this bite-sized episode, she talks to us about the ancient Celtic festival of Bealtaine. She speaks of the importance of the Hill of Ishnach, the tradition of hand fasting at this time and the significance of the Hawthorn tree. So this time we are going to talk about the Festival of Beltna uh, because summer is just around the corner mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it is probably one of the most known of the Celtic festivals, isn't yes, it? Yes, I would say definitely, especially there's a, there's, it's a kind of a revival underway at the moment, I think. Uh, people saying Beltane. <laughs> Beltane, yeah. <laughs> I've heard I remember that a lot. Before we started recording, I was telling you about... Um, being in Edinburgh years ago and they celebrated Beltana, but they didn't call it Beltana, mm. it was Beltane. Yeah. But I think that's is that another version, a name I that just stands. So. Yeah, I think um just that we Scottish don't say it Gaelic. Yes, I think, I think it is Beltane, Scottish Gaelic, yeah. yeah. I think Beltane. So. 
And uh, over in America as well, you'll hear a lot of them saying Beltane. And sometimes I don't know if it's because they can't pronounce Beltane or what. Could be. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about it. It's a fire festival. It is. Yeah. So Beltane uh, is on the way. And basically what it is, it's the halfway point between the spring equinox and the summer solstice. So uh, it's the 1st of May. It's the beginning of summer. It's uh, the season of love. (laughs) The crops are all growing. The days are getting longer and warmer. And they're going to continue to get longer and warmer right up until the middle of June. So it's a fire festival. Um, It's a lovely, positive time of year. Um, The cows are heading up to their summer pastures in times of old. And uh, yeah, there's a big fire ritual now for protection and for uh, the hopes of a good harvest in the summertime is what our ancient ancestors would have been hoping for. Yeah, this was a big deal. I mean, I suppose we're so... We can be, not all of us, but we can be disconnected from nature mm-hmm. by the way, by the nature of the way we live our lives now. But, you know, back in the day, this oh. was a big deal. Crops were growing yes. and they were celebrating this bountiful time. Yes, exactly. So that's where the fire kind of comes into it. And um, this ritualistic fire uh, would have been like rituals there would have been sacrifices all this kind of thing well you know sacrifices is maybe a, a strong word but definitely there would have been um the hopes for a bountiful harvest for good weather for plenty of rain plenty of sun and um a good harvest at the end of the year and that's what this is all about yeah and you even when you think about you know movies and references like the wicker man is a strong mm. one that you know has a lot of these ideas old pagan ideas kind mm-hmm. of explored in it and this idea of sacrifice obviously the wicker man is, 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 is a fictional burning an effigy yeah, yeah and it's, it's horror but, but there is an idea of you know um that sacrifice was was important to them. Yeah, I think um, th- th- what the fire is representing is just this cleansing and um, this this and giving thanks, giving thanks exactly. You know, and a big feast and a big party and this age old human desire to just sit around a fire together and hope <laughs> for the future. You know, yeah. and that's what it's all about. So the most famous um, of the Beltane fires was lit up on the hill of Ishnock in County Westmeath modern day County Westmeath. And what Ishnock is, and a lot of people, it's funny because you were saying you don't know much about it. No. And I'll be honest, um, growing up, I didn't know much about it either. But it is the mythological and the geographical centre of Ireland. So it's, the, or okay. the navel of Ireland. And in the same way, like I'm sure you've been up to the Hill of Tara, in the same yeah. way that Tara is this collection of different um, megaliths, like, you know, you'd have ring forts and passage tombs. Ishnock is much the same. Holy wells, ring forts, and just this whole air of energy. You know, it's it's incredible. It's an amazing place. Right. And why why do we not hear hear about it? Do you know, I I I don't know, know. is the answer. I think uh, the reason maybe I, I will speculate is because Tara um would have been associated with say political and royal power yeah um so we think of the high kings mm. and we think of you know these great uh, heroic kings and and great heroic mythology but ishnak was if, if so if, if tara was the political and the royal um seat ishnak was the spiritual seat and the spiritual um sort of almost like an old vatican city kind of idea for yeah, our pagan yeah, ancestors yeah. yeah so that was the seat of spiritual power in ireland and at Ishnock, you have this um, amazing uh, big rock. <laughs> it's called the Cat Stone or the Stone Divisions. And what it is, it's supposed to mark the geographical uh, centre of Ireland. And it is a gateway into the, the mythical fifth province of Ireland. Um, and it's also underneath of it is uh, supposed to be buried the goddess Eru, um, who is uh, a, a 
goddess of the two-headed Danon, who we talked mm. about back in uh, Imbolg, but she, her name was given to the whole island of Ireland itself. So it's just this representative place of the whole wow. island. It's amazing. It's it's right in the dead centre and um, it's actually on private land. I will just say that. So you can't just rock up and um, go into it the same way you would Tara. You have to book a tour um, and you have to go up uh, with a guide, but I would 100% recommend it. It is just like, I was up there um, last year and we had talks and we had um, a little tour and I just I couldn't get over it like it's just an amazing place and you can feel much the same way as you can with Tara nature's all around you know the little hawthorn fairy trees everywhere yeah. like it's kind of just amazing like really really cool but that is where um the big Bielsen festival would have been so what used to happen years ago uh, according to our mythology was every seven years there'd be a great big fire up at Tara on Sound and up mm. at Ishnach uh, for Bielsen so this would happen every seven years and it would be a great big feast and a big festival with a big fire. Um, and the two sites were linked by this ancient road that was called the Sleasel, which is now, let me just check my notes, the modern Or 392. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Follows the same path as this ancient road. And Sleasel, Ossel is donkey, Schlee is way. I'm going to assume, yeah. I think donkey's that's way. What it is. That's, yeah. The way of the donkey. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it was an old pilgrimage or something, you know, yeah, between yeah, the two yeah, sites. Yeah. But um, yeah, Ishnok, I just, I, I really couldn't recommend it enough. It's just, um, so it's the gateway to the other world and around Bieltona, you know, kind of the same as sound, the veil between the two worlds is a little bit thinner. Mm. And, uh, you know, the, the spirits are kind of coming in and out between. So up at Ishnok, especially because we have this like gateway, <laughs> it is um, just fabulous. And they have actually got a fire festival up at um, Ishnok for Bieltona as well. And uh, finally this year, I'm hoping I'm going to get to go. Oh, wonderful. Is <laughs> yeah. that, that's probably like you know a, a ticket only or if you know certain people you can get in oh, kind of a thing yeah no you can get a ticket for it oh can you yeah amazing I, yeah I have mine and um, I actually I was meant to go in 2020 but then it was the pandemic the same yes. 2021 and then last year I was pregnant so I just couldn't go so I'm really looking forward to it oh, yeah, so oh brilliant <laughs> so can you set the scene for us if we mm. were to go back in time travel back mm. um, and to take a look at what our ancestors would have experienced during the festival as you can imagine great big crowds would gather there'd be loads of food there'd be feasting there'd be um, so at the time of year that this is happening as I said before the cows and the cattle which were a huge they were almost like the currency in Ireland back then so um, you know you, you even stories like uh, Anton Cunha, you know cows were very important to the economy and were a huge part they needed to be protected people were depending on um, cattle and everything for, for their own well-being and their own financial well-being so it was hugely important when the cows were going off to the summer pastures that um, they were got this ritualistic cleansing and this protection um, so that they would be safe on their journey up there for the summertime. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're like, am I right in thinking that we do have a very strong connection with the cow in Ireland? Like, yeah. you know, when you think of India, you think of how it's sacred. Mm. They, they view view the cow. But we have that relationship with the cow in Ireland also. Oh, absolutely. It's so important. Like, and people kind of, you know, it might sound funny, but it's true. Like, you know. And don't you, because I even, you've gifted me one of your beautiful calendars yeah. <laughs> with your the, the goddesses in it. And one of the goddesses is it's Bowen. Bowen, yeah. Bow, Bowen. Bow yeah. is the Irish Bo. for cow. And Bruin the Bowen, yeah. There's a lot of these yeah. associations with yeah, exactly. the word so that even is cow. That goddess that you mentioned, um, Bowen, Bow Fionn, I think is actually what would be the old Irish, um, which literally is the white cow, which I think, and I've read, um, could be something to do with the Milky Way. You know, the white cow in the sky. And uh, okay. yeah, so the, and these 
people, our ancestors were, they were ancient astronomers, you know, they were stargazers and they were lovers of the celestial happenings that were going on around them. And they based their whole calendar around it. So I said at the beginning, Bealtaine is halfway between the spring equinox and the summer solstice. And all of the, so Bealtaine is what we would call a cross quarter festival. And all of the four Celtic festivals, so you've got Bealtaine, Imbolc, Samhain and Lunasa, they all fall in between these four big celestial events, the spring equinox, the summer solstice, the autumn equinox and the winter solstice. They are, we have megaliths and monuments going back to the Neolithic based around these sites. You know, they have been venerated and celebrated in Ireland going back 5,000 years, Mm. you know, and we have real evidence that people really deeply cared about this stuff. Um, so when the Celts came along in the Iron Age and, you know, they they obviously all the, the they, they had these stargazing tombs and these, you know, these celestial events that we can still observe today. In between, they had these festivals that all were tied around agriculture and nature, the cycle of the seasons. They were a very nature based people because they they depended on it in a way that we just don't. And we 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 can't know how important like if the harvest fails that's it like you know you, mm. you you're depending you're yeah. depending on be it the gods or the heavens to provide the weather or the the, the proper uh, environment for your food and your shelter and everything yeah, to, that to was be able yeah to survive yeah to survive exactly their whole survival was based on it yeah um you can just hear in your voice the passion and the knowledge you have for this is is just it's just brilliant and I'm so glad that that you're here to to talk to us about it because a lot of us including myself you know we might think we know about it but yeah. it's so much we don't know and yeah. it's lovely to be reminded um about the, the rituals and the customs and mm. the why behind them yeah um and and hopefully kind of bring them into modern day life mm. yeah exactly so like there's there's plenty of things that we um even you probably did yourself as a child so you know your your may altar that you would have i don't know my mother used to put one in the window and um, with the virgin mary and like you'd have the bluebells and whatever like I, yeah. that, uh, that whole custom of the May altar, I mean, that didn't come from the Bible. You know, that, that came from Bealtaine and the celebration of the, the flowers and people would have been wearing them, decorating their homes, leaving them in doorways and performing rituals with the flowers as well. And that ties into all this, you know, the month of Mary and we've brought that forward and brought it into our modern lives. And it's just fantastic. Like, and you, you can see all around at this time of year, we've got, there's just so much going on. So the, the hawthorn tree, for example, mm. another um, sacred uh, tree to our ancestors uh, at the moment is all covered in beautiful white blooms. You yeah. know, you can see them um, in every hedgerow in the country. You'll see them. They're absolutely stunning. They're, it's my favorite, actually, tree mm. um, is our beautiful hawthorn. But that would have been a sacred tree at this time of year. And you can go around and you can see um, hawthorn trees are used as fairy trees now. I'm yeah. sure you've seen them. The rag oh, yeah. trees. I mean, know, I people... remember naively as a kid, um, you know, breaking off a little bit of the shkachyal. Mm. That's what it is in yeah. Irish. I'm bringing it into the house. My mother say, never <laughs> bring it, it Get it out of the house. Actually, explain that to us. Why? Yeah. The association with fairies. Yeah. So basically, I you know, the stories go that you nearly have to ask those trees for permission. Yeah. <laughs> and I think um, there's a lot of reasons for that. So, you know, the, the smell of the flowers um, is kind of, people will say, is similar to the smell of death, of decay, um, which is, doesn't sound very nice, but um, as beautiful as they are, they have this link with um, death and the other world, the other world as well. And uh, I think it's where they grow as well. So you'll see these things growing in the craggiest most remote little places they're survivors they can thrive and survive in these uphill rocky areas where nothing else will grow and you'll see them on their own and 
they're striking. They have these gnarled branches and the big spiky thorns. And what they are is they're, they're, they have the fierce protection of the, the the spiky thorns, the beauty then of the blossom and mm. the bounty of the berries in the autumn. So you know, really, you know, it starts at Bielta now with the with the beautiful um, blooms, but we'll have the green leaves all of summer. Then you'll have these bright red berries for um, Samhain. And then the winter, then you've got the magnificent gnarled, rugged branches and the beautiful big spikes. And it's just, it's a fantastic tree. But that encapsulates so much of our um, our folklore as well. Yeah. Like, I don't know, my favourite fairy tree in the country, not to go off on a tangent now, is actually the one at the Athgraney Stone Circle. And you'll see them. They grow in the most magnificent places. It's right in the middle of the circle. And you, you'll see people have just left so many little ribbons and offerings all around the tree and uh, they just end this air of spirituality and you know that's coming from our ancestors yes so that's definitely uh this time of year i would keep an eye out for the hawthorn because people would have been venerating that this time of lovely year, so. yeah and it evokes that sense of, of 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 a sacred space this time of year as well as as you said at the beginning there it's you know associated with celebration romance weddings mm-hmm. would have been popular mm-hmm. um at belton as yeah. well and, and they still are we were you know just discussing that earlier on i got married myself in may <laughs> you know yeah. um it's a very romantic time uh definitely um there are associations with hand fasting on Bieltana. um it's seen as the best time and so this is how our, our Celtic ancestors would have gotten married. You know, they would have done the, they put their hands together and they they put the the different various ribbons and strings and ropes over their hands and they make their vows. And it's so beautiful. And I have actually seen um, it's being revived. Oh, definitely. I mean, I've seen I've seen it brought into a lot of different wedding ceremonies yeah. that I've attended. Yeah. And it's gorgeous. Yeah. And the idea behind it, actually, I always felt like, you know, our ancestors were so forward thinking mm-hmm. because the idea that, this wasn't a commitment for life. This was a year and a day. Yeah. See how you get on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if you decide you want to keep on trucking, brilliant. Yeah. And if you don't, that's okay too. Yeah. But give it a year and a day that's and great. see. Brilliant. Great wisdom. <laughs> great wisdom. <laughs> and it kind of shows as well how connected we all are, that it's not just an Irish festival. Mm. You know, uh, all over Europe and the, the wider world, people will have been celebrating the 1st of May as well. I mean, they have May Day over in the UK where they have the, the Maypoles that's and the right, dancers yeah. and the music. And uh, it's gorgeous. Like, you know, there's just something about this time of year that I think we can all just feel in the air it's lovely I hope you enjoyed this episode and Shelley will be back again in September to tell us all about the autumn equinox thank you so much for listening to Ready To Be Real Meet 2024's most anticipated robot vacuum Eufy X10 Pro Omni with powerful 8000 PA suction and MopMaster's dual mop pads it keeps your floor sparkling clean It's the winner of five Best of CES awards, and Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y dot com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. If you're a Shark Tank fan or business junkie, check out the podcast Another Bite. Each week, Another Bite breaks down the biggest success stories and most disastrous failures to come out of Shark Tank. The hosts break down each company's pitch, analyze the deals that were or weren't made, and answer the million-dollar question, are they still a company? Whether you're an entrepreneur looking for tips or a Shark Tank fan that just wants to relive the drama, Another Bite's your deep dive into the world of Shark Tank. Just search for Another Bite in your favorite podcast app, like the one you're listening to right now. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. 
Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.